0: like to welcome all of you that are here of course those that are joining us online we are talking about what did jesus do you would turn to matthew uh, chapter 6 verse 24 Uh, you know there was a phrase coined years ago what would jesus do and it made it uh, as a moniker on just about every type of christian uh, car in terms of bumper sticker and it was on bracelets. It was, it was everywhere. Um, and I think one of the challenges that I've really always had with the concept or the notion of what would Jesus do is that many of the things that we would ask what would he do, uh, we actually have scriptural reference for what he actually did do. And so I think it's important because when you leave it up to what would somebody do, it's subject to the person you asked, as opposed to going back to factual data and looking at the truth of God's word and seeing what did he actually do and how to apply that into our lives. Amen. Amen. So if you want Matthew chapter six, verse 24. And how many of you know this is in red so we know who's speaking? Jesus. How many of y'all think Jesus could preach a pretty good message? Amen. I agree. I agree. I agree. I don't think there's a preacher alive or dead that could ever preach a message like he could. So, whatever he's saying has got to be important. No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, therefore what? Therefore, because you can't serve God and mammon, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you will eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Now, I'll go back. Behold, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying... What shall we eat what shall we drink or wherewith shall we be clothed for after all these things do the gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things but seek ye first seek ye first dalaluja <laughs> seek me first and and what happens at that point When you talk about prosperity, I think, you know, there, there's a there's a, a, a great divide. If I could say there was anything that divides the body of Christ, there is nothing more divisive than the concept of prosperity. Uh, and, you know, there are people that say, oh, is there a prosperity gospel? And I, I think one of the challenges that I have, is to say, is there a prosperity gospel? And I don't mean, there's a lot of twisting of what people call prosperity gospel. In other words, it's not biblically accurate in certain ways, in certain places, and there's some extremes, so I don't want to discount that. But by and large, to say, is there a prosperity gospel, would then imply that there must be a poverty gospel. Now, I I mean, right? Right? goes up, comes down. I mean, you, you can't have one without the other. And the very nature of the gospel, the word, the gospel is the good news. Amen. So for me to tell you that you're going to be broke <laughs> <laughs> is a good news. For me to tell you you're going to be sick, is that good news? Yeah. So then here's my, here's my struggle, is how to give this in a way That gives a balance to what people need to understand, because when you take it to any extreme, it's going to get off in error. There's no question about it. And so my my thing today is to help you to understand what did Jesus do? Because, you know, people have cliches. They've got little statements they make, you know, and and, and I'm going to hit quite a few of them as we (laughs) go through today. And we're going to barbecue a lot of sacred cows. Because I'm telling you, there is no place, biblically, that I can find that God gets glory in you being sick. There's no place, biblically, that God gets glory in you being poor. And so, what I want you to begin to understand is, wherever you are, doesn't matter where you are, you can always come up. You can always come up. And I, I, and I, and I want to make sure I preface this by saying I don't want you to feel any type of way because there's always room to grow. For myself, there's always room to grow. I, I, I've never looked at anything as if I've arrived. Because I believe the moment you think you arrived, that's when you realize you've fallen. Are, are you with me? And there's always things that we can learn. So let's endeavor to learn together. Verse 24. He says, no man can serve two masters. You hate the one, love the other, hold to the one, despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. Let's talk about what mammon is first, because you're going to hear this quite a bit. Mammon was the Chaldean god of money. And mammon, as it's referenced biblically, is the spirit that tries to control money, that tries to direct money. And so it's not that he's saying the money's the problem. He's saying the spirit that tries to direct you when it relates to money is the problem. And as he goes into it, he says, therefore, what I'm going to say to you is take no thought for your. So then how do you serve mammon? Mammon is the one that's the. Have you ever. Became aware of a debt or a problem And you kind of felt like somebody just threw a wet blanket on you. You get this sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. And you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Mammon. Mammon. You think it's it's just a natural. See, (laughs) I'm at the stage of my life where as long as I don't owe anything come tax day, I am s- super stoked. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I can't wait to get a refund. I can't wait to not have to pay anything. <laughs> that's, for me, that's, that's what gets me excited. And <clears throat> so, you know, of course, April 18th just came. And my accountant sends me a message on the 15th. And she says, this is what you owe. And I'm like, no, she didn't. (laughs) You actually fixed your lips to send this to me. (laughs) How darest thou? (laughs) But then I had to remind myself there was a time (laughs) (laughs) where I didn't have it. And the idea that I had it helped me. <laughs> the idea that I had it helped me to understand that God is my supply because I'm looking at the wrong things. But it tried because you get the sinking pit in your stomach. You start thinking, what can you cut back on? What can you do without? And in less than a week, the exact same amount is being replaced already. See, what I want you to really understand is when you start going into taking thought for your life, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What are you going to wear? What are you going to do? How are you going to make it? You sure you're going to make it this time? You sure? Because you seem like you got more muff than money. You seem like things ain't going to work out. All of that, he teaches and said, you can't serve that and God because if you serve that you will end up despising God you'll end up hating God if you start asking where is this at and how come I don't have that then who are you going to start to blame because you're serving and this is why he's making it very very clear that if you start to take thoughts About, well, what are you going to do now? How are we going to make it this time? What do you mean, how are you going to make it this time? You're going to make it this time the same way you made it last time. And the same way you made it the time before that. Because if he did it before, he's going to do it again. And it's not subject to how you feel about the situation. It's subject to what you believe. So then he goes on to say, Behold the birds. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather in the barns, yet the birds are taken care of. They don't have biblical promises. They don't have the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. They don't understand how to read the Bible and get it in their spirit. They don't have any of that. He said, yet I still take care of them. And here you are concerned with thinking that I am not concerned about you when, in fact, all I am concerned about is you. And I take care of the birds because you enjoy looking at them. He said, They don't do anything. Then he says, Are you not much better than a bird? <laughs> Are you not much better than a boy? (laughs) You. I'm I'm talking to you. Are you not much better? Okay, well then, if he takes care of... Notice what he says. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? In other words, who in here can worry yourself taller. <laughs> just thinking it, worrying about it, you'll just start growing. Nobody. That's why I saying there's nothing that taking the thought will do other than to get you to serve it. So then, you know, you get hit with this unexpected thing, and then you come to church and you're like, well, I used to give this, but I'll have to give less this time. Well, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to tithe this week, so I'll just hold on to it. Verse 28. Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. In other words, the beauty... You remember, this reference, if you have a reference Bible, this reference is back to the story where Sheba shows up. Queen, let me emphasize, Queen Sheba shows up and sees how Solomon has set all of his temple and house in order. And the Bible says it took her breath away to see how the servants were dressed, to see how things were being put in order, see how the food was prepared. She's a queen herself. She ain't no slouch. And it says that there was no more breath in her. In other words, it just took her breath away. And he said, As much as I did for him, one lily, one flower is arrayed better than him. That I took the care to make these flowers come out of the ground for your enjoyment. <laughs> Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today tomorrow or today is and tomorrow was cast in the oven. In other words, if I make this stuff grow out of the ground that you gather it up and burn it. <laughs> You're not catching what he's saying. He said, "I make all of this come up so you can chop it down and burn it." <laughs> so if I can make that happen, And watch you burn it. Why do you get so touchy about money? He said, I literally make this stuff to grow just so you can chop it down and burn it. Therefore, or let's say in verse 30, shall he not much more clothe you? And then he makes a statement. You know that, that passive lamb, Jesus, who just walks around like this all day. Makes a statement and says, O ye, O ye of little faith. In other words, where's your faith? Why do you have such little faith? Why do you have such little belief in your God and bigger belief in your debt? Why do you have such little faith in God and such big belief in your mountain? He said, oh, ye of little. In other words, build up your faith. Because the more faith you have, when mammon speaks to you, you're not moved by the mammon. You would be shocked at how many people, their their initial response to everything is to shrink. Fear hesitates. Faith leaps. When, When you begin to understand the strength of your faith, when you have genuine faith, not little faith, not weak faith, but real faith, that when an attack comes, before you can blink, you've been choking it. You're like, wait a minute. Hold on, I just brought you the news. I'm sorry. I just, I'm used to jumping. Not shrinking back. He so ye of little. Keep going. Therefore, and now he tells you how not to take the thought. You know, I could spend hours just in this one, because he said so much. The fact that he brought Solomon in, talking about the wisdom, because people think you can give your way, And they negate the wisdom of God. (laughs) Well, I'll just give and I'll sow and then I'll do. No, no, no. Did you ask God? Did God tell you to do this this way? Because if he told you it's going to work every single time. But if you think you can have a $500 a week crack habit and then tithe your way out. Let me get a little more personal. You know, your recreational weed is from the earth. God put it here for me and you. And then we, see, see how y'all, see how y'all are? When I said crack, everybody, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know no crack. <laughs> ain't talking to me. <laughs> Soon as I say something about puff, puff, pass, you like, oh, no, he didn't. Well, yes, he did. Thank you, honey. How do you take a thought? Saying it. That's how we know. (laughs) How do you know I'm struggling? Because your mouth keeps talking about it. Your Facebook posts keep talking about it. (laughs) And you've fallen in love. You've fallen in love with the sympathy of people. And you lose the performance of God. Because you're seeking after somebody. that, Oh, you'll be okay. We love you. Everything. Because you're looking for something other than him. Because mammon has stepped in the middle. And got you to worship it, not him. Then when you turn to him, you don't worship him. You worship mammon. And mammon is the one who wants you to get the attention. I'm preaching a little bit better than y'all, amen, but that's okay. So how do you take the thought by saying it? You know how it is, right? You know, you get that thought. I don't know if I'm going to make it this time. The next thing you do, I don't know if I'm going to make it this time. Who are you parakeeting? Please do me a favor and show me in the Bible where God says you're not going to make it. Because when you learn to only say what he says, you will see what he sees and you will have what he told you you could have. But the moment you keep talking about what Mammon wants to say, he says, take no thought, what? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewith shall we be? Now notice what he says. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth You don't even need them. So then we send our kids to school. And we tell them, when other kids have nice things, you don't need that. Because we serve God. And you teach your kids that God is not as good of a provider as mammon is. I'll go ahead and sip some of this water while I let that just marinate. You're not going to tell me that mammon is better than my father, who arrayed the lilies in the field, who set Solomon up the way that he did. It takes care of the birds. And I can't take care of... I have to send my kids to college and make them get themselves into hock and debt up to their eyeballs in order to go to school. I'm not allowed to believe that I could be in a position to fund my own kids going to the school that I want them to go to or that they choose to go to, one that will not spend four years deprogramming them of the 18 years that I put into them. All under the name of a scholarship? Come on, somebody. I've got to have where both of us got to work outside of the home and send my kid into some type of care system that don't really. That herds them in by the numbers. They're not worried that your kid kid didn't show up to school because they want your kid to get an education. They're concerned your kid didn't show up to school because it affects their money. And you think I got to be a part of that system when God called me out of the Babylonian system, said I will prosper you, I'll take care of you, I will bless you, I will keep you. And you're telling me I got to live under the bondage of subjection because of my belief of finances? So now I got to serve mammon to be spiritual. Yo, oh, come on. He says... Your father knows you have need of them, so in all the things they want, he says he knows you need it. Look at look at uh, put in the amplified classic, please. Verse thirty-two. Look, look at this: for the Gentiles, the heathens, they wish for it, and crave, and diligently seek all these things. Wish for? and crave and diligently seek all these things what are they not seeking he didn't have a problem with you having stuff he's got a problem with the stuff having you and he goes on to say your father knows well that you need them all not, not you know some of them but that you need them all keep going But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom, his righteousness, and his way of doing things and being right. His issue isn't the stuff. His issue is how you go about it. Are you going to go about it God's way? Or are you going to go about it your way? Are you going to do it his way, or are you going to try to do it the ski mask way? <laughs> See, I, I, I need you to understand what he's really telling you. He's saying, I got no problem. Two-thirds, did you know two-thirds of the parables and stories that Jesus told? Two-thirds. That's two out of every three. That means only one out of every three. I'm going to take you to this math lesson until you get it. One out of every three was about something other than money and possessions. Two out of every three, he talked about money or possessions. Why? Because nothing will trip you up like money. Some of you have been dating people that cheated on you. You ain't mad they cheated on you. You mad they spent your money to cheat on you. <laughs> You're like, hold up. You know, if you want to go ahead and be with this truck match, go ahead on. But uh, you ain't going to use my money to do it. <laughs> playing with my money is like playing with my... <laughs> 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 I don't know what's wrong with me y'all. Listen. Look look at, look at John 1010 10 in the amplified. John 1010 10 in the amplified. I could not believe we spent 26 minutes and we ain't got off the first verse yet. <laughs> Dear god, somebody help me. We got we got to get here. I got 1 day to get this done. <laughs> Jesus gives you the mission and the vision, and he does it succinctly. He says, the thief, the devil, comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan only shows up for those reasons. So when the spirit of mammon starts talking to you, it's only there for one reason. To... Jesus said, I came... That you may have and suffer in life and get it when you get to heaven. He said, I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in what? Amen. To the full. You ever, you ever studied the part of Bible where, where it says, my cup runneth over? You don't think God knew how much is in the cup? When he pours out, you don't think he's sitting there going, I know exactly. Listen, he knows how many hairs are on your head. When he fed the 5,000 men, not because there's women and children in the mix as well. But the Bible says there's 5,000 men. So we know at least there was 5,000 men there. And then there's a whole bunch of others. The same God that knows how many hairs is on your head. He knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. Right. Yet when He fed the 5,000-plus, there was 12 baskets left over. You don't think he knew how many people? <laughs> you smell that? I thought somebody's barbecuing. You mean to tell me that he knew, but yet he still went on anyway? You mean to tell me when the the Bible says your cup runneth over, that he's sitting there and you're like, listen, Lord, I just need a few things. I don't want much. I don't want to bother you. I ain't trying to be a pain. I just got a couple, two, three things I need some help with. If you would, please. And he's like this. I mean, just, just leave some room, you know, because I don't want to take too much. Somebody else might need it. Somebody more qualified than I. <laughs> he's like, Lord, we're getting close. Okay, we got to the top. You ever fill a cup up so high to case that bubble on top? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's full. Why would he do such a thing? The same God that knows how many hairs are on your head. Yet and still when he moves, he moves in abundance. He said that you would have life and that you would have it in abundance. Now this is not for you to go and, you know, buy gold toilet paper. This is for you to be available for kingdom purposes. <laughs> this is what it's for. There's a purpose behind it. But if mammon can keep his foot on your neck, where you are constantly worried about how you're going to pay your light bill, God can't come to you and say, hey, would you pay so and so's light bill? God can't come to you and say, I need you to do this. You're like, Lord, I, I know you know. I'm up against it. The only way that I'm able to do more is I have to have. Look at Luke chapter 9. I'll show it to you. Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 2. We got to move a little faster, y'all. Y'all hold me up. Look at somebody and tell him if you get it, he'd move on. <laughs> Look at somebody on the other side tell him if you get it, he'd move on. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God. And to do what? He sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and to. Okay, just want to make sure we got that. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread nor neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house you enter into, there abide. And thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, the Lord said to don't take anything because you don't need anything. I'm like, I, to to... I think, personally, everybody should go to Bible college. I think you should learn hermeneutically how to study your word. Because it's so frustrating when people will take one thing and go completely berserk with a doctrine around it and be totally wrong. Look at Luke 22, verse 35. Now, you know Luke and Luke is the same book, right? And, you know, the earlier Luke is just later on in the same letter, right? Luke, I'll just make sure you all got to establish some basics here, right? Verse 22, or chapter 22, 35, he says, And he said unto them, who's he? What color is it? When I sent you without purse, without script, and shoes, lacked he anything? And they said, so why did he send them? With nothing. To teach them, then he said unto them, But now, he that have the purse, let him take it. Likewise, his scrip, and he that have no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. See, when you begin to look at Scripture and not allow Scripture to interpret Scripture, this is where people get this nonsense from. Jesus was teaching them. What if he had said, I sent you out with nothing. Did you lack anything? And they said, well, you know, I didn't have this and I didn't have that. They said nothing. Everything we needed, we had. (laughs) So then what's the message? You can't serve God and I'll show it to you again. We're we gonna keep looking at it until you get it. Luke sixteen ten. Luke sixteen ten. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in Who's who's talking? Okay. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore Ye have not been faithful in what? Who will commit to you or to your trust the true riches? In other words, if you can't manage the simplest thing of money, who's going to trust you with real stuff? If you can't keep your own finances, an unrighteous mammon. He says, who will ever trust you with riches? Keep going. The true riches, anyway. If you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Here we go. (laughs) No servant can serve. Here we go again. For he will and love Or else he will hold and despise. You cannot serve God. In other words, your decisions in life cannot be controlled by your purse strings. Nothing God has ever asked me to do did I have the money to do it when he asked me to do it. See, when he sent them out, he was trying to teach them how to follow. and 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 some of you 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 don't you don't get it you you've launched out to start something or maybe it's to start a business or a new career path or something that you feel led to do and it didn't quite jump off as fast as you hoped it would because you thought all you had to do was say yes and pow it showed up and then when it's not necessarily showing up as fast as you wanted it to you're like well wait a minute did I miss God no you gotta stay with it did I did I miss him no you gotta stay with it I gotta trust them. I got to trust them and know that when I stepped out, because mammon, the whole time, is in your ear. You know you're not going to make it. You know this is, you done messed up now. You know this is, you get a job offer and, and the job says, oh, we got to move you to Tennessee somewhere. And then you come in and say, oh, pastor, I got this new job. They're paying me a whole bunch of money. And you are so excited about the money. You never stop to say, God, Am I supposed to be going there? Well, the only thing keeping me here is the church, Pastor. (laughs) You think? (laughs) If this is where God puts you, But see, it's to serve mammon because mammon will get in your ear and start talking to you about all the wonderful things that you could have and all the things you crave after and desire for. And God's like, if you would seek me first, I'll give you all of that. All these things shall be added unto you. But you better learn to put me first in every situation. And if you would follow me, I'll give you what they want. But they got to work to get it. And if Satan gave it to them, Satan can take it. He said, but anything I've given you, nobody can take that. If it's yours, it's yours. But this is where people begin to not see. You can't serve God and mammon because they're contrary to each other. Now watch what he says. You'll hold to the one, you'll despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also, who were what? Heard all these things and derided them. (laughs) <laughs> it, i love how he says the pharisees also if we had took out the who were covetous part and just said the pharisees also heard all these things and made fun of them you understand the pharisees are the religious figures of the time so we could say that well if he's being laughed to scorn by the religious leaders then he must be wrong. Think about it. The religious leaders are the one in authority. They're the ones who, quote unquote, hold the truth. So to add in that they were covetous was then to let you know the reason why they derided him. The reason why they laughed at him. The reason why they mocked him to scorn. The reason why They're so upset with him saying, you can't serve God and mammon. Because if you serve God, (laughs) I'll give you an example. The Lord told me a long time ago, he said, when you travel, take your family with you. That's what he told me to do. Now, I've been places to minister that cannot afford to fly me and my family. And I've never made it a discussion. It's not anything I even talk about. They say, Will you come? I will say yes. If they say they're going to take care of my ticket, I said, I appreciate it. They'll say they'll take care of my hotel. I said, Don't worry about the hotel. Just add whatever you want to pay into the offering. I will take care of my own arrangements. Because it ain't one. It's not one ticket, it's three. It'll be four soon. Then it'll be five. It ain't one room, it's two. Because my child sleeps like an animal. (laughs) I don't know why she can't get the direction of the bed straight. Bed goes this way. Not this way, that way. Got me preaching with bags under my eyes because I can't sleep. Never made it an issue. I've never brought it up. Do you know, do you know that every single time, every time, it'll be some person will walk up to me. The church will give me what they can afford to do. God bless them. I appreciate their seed. We believe God with them. But do you know every time somebody will come up to me and hand me an envelope or give me the Pentecostal handshake? Anybody know what the Pentecostal handshake is? If you don't know, put $100 in your hand and I'll come shake your hand. I'll show you you exactly what the Pentecostal handshake is. As many people as needed to effectively demonstrate I am willing. <laughs> so do you have any idea how many people will come up to me and say, Lord told me to give this to you. And it'll, it'll be more than what. If I allowed mammon to make these decisions. <laughs> if, I, if I allowed mammon to make these decisions. Do you understand I wouldn't go anywhere? I'd be like, okay, well, how much are you going to get me when I get there? How could that possibly be God? God will always meet me if my decisions are made by him. And if he told me to go, then he's obligated to foot the bill. Thank you very much, by the way. He is obligated to foot the bill because he called me. God ain't going to skip out on you. Y'all ain't going to be having dinner with God. And he'd be like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Next you know you look at the window, he's running down the street. No. That's not God. God pays for every check that he calls you to incur. Every bill. The reason why some of your bills ain't getting paid is because he didn't call you to have that. And now you want him to pay for something he didn't ask you for. <laughs> or something you won't share with him. Never mind. (laughs) Y'all was laughing a minute ago. Let's (laughs) stay with that. They were covetous. And when they heard all this stuff, it hit them right in their hearts. Because they're like, the reason why they're upset is because they are what he's talking about. They're serving mammon. They're making their decisions based on the money. And if the money is right, then they'll do it. If it ain't, then they got a problem. See, this is where people make me laugh because they want revelation, but they they don't want tithe. And when the Bible says, bring you to tithe in the storehouse so there's meat in the house, then they're the first ones to tell you there's no meat in here for me. There's no meat in here for you because you don't have no vestment in this. People want something for nothing. And it amazes me how God has never functioned with something for nothing. That has never been His way. He doesn't care what it is. The the widow woman with the mite. He didn't care the amount. He cared that you took because He can't bless what you won't let go of. It's just that simple. So <laughs> Mammon tells you, I, I, I'll, "I'll deal with another issue of the spirit of Mammon." I was gonna leave it alone, but I'm not. Can't help myself. It's like a big red button blinking. <laughs> press it, Pastor. Press it. <laughs> <laughs> you know how. Uh, you know how when you go into your closet and you're looking at your clothes and you see. There's really maybe 20% that you actually wear, <laughs> right? You, you got a, a, a shirt that you ain't wore since your high school days. <clears throat> Always under the pretense, one day I'm going to fit back in. <laughs> you got a dress. You call it your skinny dress. One day, I'm going to fit back into that dress. <laughs> Never mind the fact that the dress is so old that it's out of style anyway. <laughs> Never mind the fact that the shirt is out of style. You one day are going to fit, so I, I just got to keep it. So, so you hoard stuff. Somebody asks you, hey, where, where's this thing? You're like, uh, it's around here somewhere. You got so much you got paths through your house with junk. And then you say, I don't care nothing about money. You sure? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I just think that's just too much to spend for one article of clothing. Yet Jesus wore an outfit that was sewn with no seams. And, and it had no seams. And do you understand that they casted lots to see who would get it? When's the last time you ever shot craps for some homeless person's outfit? So here, you say one thing, but he did something totally different. Because he's walking around with an outfit with no seam. Do you understand every one of you here has got an outfit with seams in it? Everybody's got seams. Everything's sewed together. His was made without seam, woven in a hole. Most theologians believe either somebody either made it specifically for him and gave it to him, or he went and bought it. They don't really know because nobody talks about it. But then when you ask yourself, would Jesus wear Rolex? <sighs> look, look at, look at, look at. <laughs> oh, son, you all tightened up. Did you feel it? You felt it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That was Mammon right there. <laughs> but I'm about to kick Mammon in his John Brown hind parts right now. See, Look at, look at, uh (laughs) oh my goodness. Look at John 12. John 12, verse 3. And then Mary took a pound of ointment, of spikenard, very costly, very, very, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas, Simon's son, the one that was going to betray him. (laughs) Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he's always trying to get the bag. (laughs) <laughs> it is said that this bottle of cologne perfume of hers was the equivalent of a year's wages according to the 2021 census the average American makes $26,000 a year do you have a 26000 Dollar bottle of cologne or perfume? <laughs> Thank you. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> this would have been a perfect opportunity for Jesus to say, "No, no, Mary. First of all, you know, you, 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 you like you're common whore. You earn this money on your back. And you want to give it to God? Y'all, see, I'm, I'm not playing with y'all this morning. So then he says, he could have said, and it's just too much. Just, hey, here's what you do. Give me 15 cents worth. Just, just put a little drop. Give me one rib. Why? Why? Didn't, he did this with a perfect opportunity to say, that's just too much. <laughs> and the only one who spoke about it was Judas. And I want to point something else out to you. Because this is, this, this is one of those things of how people will bring division into a church. Well, I think we should have done this with the money. <laughs> I heard we did a fundraiser and and I think we should start a food bank with it. I think we should have spent it on this. You ain't responsible to God for what he's told us to do. I am. But see, it sounds good. It's the spirit of piousness. It, it, it sounds good. I think we should have gave it to the poor. That's a great way to sow division because who can argue with that? Mammon wants to direct the money. It wants to control it. That's why, you know, if I was to ask people, if I was to pick 10 of you randomly, gave you a piece of paper and said, write down what's an expensive car, What, what value, dollar amount, would an expensive car be? I guarantee it, we'd have a whole range of numbers. Everybody would have a different thing. Some would say, I think 30,000 is a lot. Some would say, I think 50. Some would say 100. Some would say 2 million, whatever. My problem is that when did God step off the throne and put you on it to determine what someone else should have? Because I don't recall that ever happening. Well, I just think it's too much. Nobody asked. You are literally answering answering the question that nobody has asked. Uh, how dare he have? And how dare? And I can't believe. <laughs> well, if I was him, I'm giving you all the judging language that he says don't do unless you be. <laughs> well, I, you know, I ain't got to no, I'm not one to gossip or nothing, but if it was me, I I just I don't think it takes all that. And that's why it's not you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You should not be overly concerned about other people's money. That's not yours to direct. That's what happened to the prodigal son he wanted to direct the money so his father gave it to him and let him go out there and lose it and then here he comes begging and as a typical good father he took him back in straightened him up lined him out and said this is who you really are you gotta stop thinking that he didn't come to take care of you he said I came That you might have. See, it's one thing to tell you that I'm going to make you live a long time, right? To someone who's suffering, that's an indictment. (laughs) But to tell you, I'm going to make you live a long time, and I'm going to let you enjoy it. That's a whole different discussion, and yet people still. Here's another one. Here's another one. Mark 10. You gotta love this one. Mark 10. This is another one of those. Uh, I call them whipping post scriptures, where people try to whip you with it. You know what I mean? They they use it as a weapon. Mark 10:17. You ready? And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what should I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, and that's God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not and honor thy father and mother. Can I? Well, yeah, we'll go back. We'll go back. Keep going. And he answers unto him, Master, all of these have I observed from my youth. You know he a lie, right? <laughs> you're over here talking to the Lord, telling me, I did all this from my youth. You know you're a lie. Jesus goes on. Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast. Give to the poor and thou shall have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. Did he tell every man to do that? Or did he tell that man? Here's my question. Why did he tell that man? Go back to verse uh, where we started. You'll see it. It's really easy. And when, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running. I kneeled to him and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I inherit eternal life? Jesus' immediate response is, why are you calling me good? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it because I can feel the tension in the air. So I, I, I'm going to bring it to you right now. You ready? Ready? How many of you got kids? Okay. When your kid runs up to you and says, I love you. You're the best daddy. You're the best mommy in the world. Your immediate response is, why callest thou me good? Why do you come around here calling me good? Then you got the nerve to say, you kept all the law. That millions of people could not. (laughs) But you did. You seeing it? So then he says, I'll tell you what you do. You want eternal life? I got you. Go sell everything you got and follow me. See, because... (laughs) I'm going to come back. Where are we at? Verse 21, 22. And he was sad at that saying. And went away grieved. For he had great. (laughs) So when your child finally tells you what they want. And you say no. Then they walk away. If they had a can they'd be kicking it. (laughs) He had great possessions. He's mad. He's sad. He's upset. So watch what he says. Verse 23. Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples. How hardly. Shall they that have riches, not that are rich, but they that have it, enter into the kingdom of God. Then he goes on to say, and the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and saith unto them, children, how hard is it for them that... I I can't tell you if you oh he told every he's told every all of us to give what we have and he's not telling you that you can't make it into heaven because you have wealth. He's telling you don't I could have something and not trust in it. If if we could ever be real honest with you When you get into your car, you don't really trust your car. I don't care how big the car is. I don't care how much steel is on it. You don't really trust your car. You better be trusting God. Because there is always something out there that could do wreck and damage to your life. So the reality is everything that you do when you step and wake up in the morning and draw your first breath, I'm trusting God all the way through because you have no idea what could occur. And if it wasn't but for the grace of God, there is no way that you can make it. So I have a lot of things I don't trust in, none of it. Because none of it can get me saved. None of it can deliver me. None of it can get my mind right. None of it can fix my problem. None of it. But can I tell you something? Because money's not everything. But it's right up there with oxygen. <laughs> Listen to me. The Bible says money answers all things. Money answers all things. If you don't believe money answers all things, do y'all remember when they first announced that Magic Johnson had AIDS? That dude never looked, he gained weight. Well, other people is. What do you think answered that? Money answers all things. He's just as chubby. We're like, you sure? <laughs> and of course the reports are today he doesn't have it anymore now how'd that happen i know y'all don't talk to me but i'm gonna talk to you because the bible does say money answers all things it's a tool it doesn't make it good or bad until it falls into a good or bad person's right. hands so he says how hard is it for them the trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Watch this. It is easier for a camel. To go through the eye of a needle. Than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Keep going. Then they were astonished out of measure. Saying to themselves. Who then can be saved? Why would you ask that question? Listen. Let, let, I'm not. You know. Let, let's just, just do a demonstration. Okay. If I said to you. That only Hispanic people can go to heaven. Those of Hispanic descent can go to heaven. Right? What person in here of Hispanic descent is going to ask me anything? You're just going to be like, who? I'm good. (laughs) The only people that are going to ask me who can be saved then are going to be those that are not he says, "Rich people can't make it." They're like, "Well, then who can?" <laughs> <laughs> then he says, Jesus looked upon them, saying, "With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God. can you put that in the message, please? They were falling puzzled and not just a little afraid. He took the 12 and began again over to what to expect next. Listen to me carefully. Is that it? No, I don't think that's it. Where'd y'all go? Come on, go back, y'all. Help me out back there. I ain't got a lot of time. Keep going. Keep going. Twenty-seven comes before twenty-nine. There we go. Jesus was blunt. Not Jesus smoked the blunt. (laughs) Jesus was blunt. For some of y'all still reeling over my comment earlier. (laughs) No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. That's what he's telling you. He's telling you, it's, it's easier, see, the, 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 the saying, an eye of a needle or the camel going through the eye of a needle, in, in some cultures, it's an elephant going through the eye of a needle. In other words, something really big, trying to go through something very small, it's not possible. If you trust in it. If you think you can do it yourself, it ain't possible. He said, but with God? <laughs> so can a rich man get into heaven? Now, why do people say, you better be careful about money? It's easier for a rich man to get in heaven than it is for a camel to get... (laughs) You know y'all religious folks. (laughs) Why why y'all say stupid stuff like that? Quit it. Quit it. You don't know what people trust in. Just because they have it don't mean they trust in it. (laughs) Go go back to... uh, Verse 27 in the um, King James. Verse 28, sorry. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Good. Sure to appreciate you giving up everything. Maybe I'll pat you on the back when we get into heaven. (laughs) Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or land. For my sake and the... Keep going. But he shall receive a hundredfold... When? 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 In this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers, children and lands. With persecutions yeah, yeah. That, long, that part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and in the world to come, yeah. eternal life. Yeah. Wow. So when Jesus said, Sell your stuff and follow me, mm-hmm. he's trying to get him to understand. When remember Jesus said foxes have holes, yeah. but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head? He's trying to get him to understand you don't want this smoke. Because you think just because somebody has, that it's easy to have. But you don't understand that just because it looks light, don't mean it ain't heavy. Just because I carry it well, don't mean there ain't the pressure. And when you go up in the things of God, the pressure changes. The world changes. The attack changes. And if you can't handle what's going on right now, you definitely ain't going to be able to handle when all hell has broken loose against you. He said, foxes have holes. I ain't even got a Place to lay my head He said but yet and still I am fully supplied Yet and still I got everything I need Yet and still if I need money to pay the taxes Go fishing baby Pull the fish out of the water He's got money in his mouth I done caught many a fish Not narrow one of them had money in it <laughs> Not a one and I wouldn't mind catching one with a Black card in it but I ain't found one yet so then stop acting like he didn't come that you would have and enjoy he came to prosper you he came to set you free to get you out of the parched land to bring you into a land that floweth with milk and honey to bring you into a land of having a supply that every need is met will there be struggle? of course there's going to be struggle Will there be challenges? Of course there's going to be challenges. But those are not designed to get you to give up. They're designed to see whether you'll listen to mammon or not. Or whether you'll follow God. Even when all hell's breaking loose. Will you follow God? Even when it don't look like it's going to work. Will you follow God? Even when he, whatever he told you to do, you still go and do it. He told them, he said to them, he said, listen, I need a cult that no man has ridden. You know what that means? I need a car with no mileage on it. He said, I need a colt that no man has ever ridden. He said, well, once you do that, once you go yonder, he said, when you get over there, you're going to see it tied up on a fence. Can you imagine? Listen, walk with me here. You walking through town. Jesus said, I want me a colt that no man has ridden. I want me a car. That ain't nobody smoked in. <laughs> ain't nobody drove before. Amen. And you walking through s- town, and he's like, and here's why I want you to go get it. And you thinking to yourself, this man really want me just to walk in somebody's backyard and grab their coat? He, ba- It's like me telling you, listen, the Lord told me there's a brand new car for you. It's down the street parked at 512 Main Street. Go get it. You you ain't going. No, don't you ain't you like hold up. You want me to go to some front of somebody's house and take a car that's parked in front of their house. If you got any melanin in your skin, you definitely ain't doing that. (laughs) You (laughs) just yo, you got me messed up. Listen, listen. He told them that. Do you understand how that would have to work in their head to go do it anyway? And then get caught. (laughs) The master said he has need of this. And for them to go, oh, yeah, we know. That's why I put it there. Yeah, yeah, here, take it. That's why I put it there. Because I'm blessed enough. The colt that I need is in the back. The car I need is in the garage. I put this one out here. Because God has prospered me enough to be in a position to not just to have one, but to have more than one. And so, yeah, I know he needed it. I've been waiting on you. This colt been sitting out here. While you was trying to figure out what we gonna do. Should we go? You cover me. Watch. You look out. <laughs> Jesus said, We gotta make room for the feast. You know, you know the Last Supper, the picture <laughs> that you see, everybody's painted and everybody leaning on each other's shoulders. The Last Supper. He said, We gotta go make ready for the Last Supper. He said, Go find the man with the picture in his hand. He said, When you get into town, you'll see a man with a picture in his hand, go get that guy that guy will take you to a great house. He said, when you get there to the great house, tell the man of the house that the master has need of his upper room. And he will take you to a large. Go, go to, go to, um, we got, uh, dear God, we don't. <laughs> All right. Can I go one more place with y'all? Uh, Mark 14, 12. Mark 14, 12. First day of unleavened bread, when he killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go to prepare, that thou mayest eat the Passover? He sent forth two disciples, said unto them, Go ye into the city, and there shall be meat, or you shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house, The master saith, Where is the guest chamber? where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you to the half-flooded basement. Because he don't need it. It's dirty down there. We'll clean it up. We'll throw some confetti around. You'll never know. He'll take you to this little shack he got that you kick it and falls over. He said, no, he's going to take you to a large. Yeah, large. How big? Large. He, why didn't he say, you know, if you're going to do all that, you can use one of the bedrooms. <laughs> I mean, it's just for God, right? He said he showed him to a large upper room. That's like me walking in your house. Where's the guest chamber at? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> This dude with the pitcher, I know. He worked for me. But who are you? And come to my house asking me for anything. It's already prepared. It's already ready. He's waiting. He's just waiting. But yet you think, (laughs) what would Jesus do? Would Jesus fly around in a jet? No, he'd walk around on his feet and cover the entire globe course, he'd fly in a jet. If he wanted a donkey, which is the Camelax of that time, why would he not fly in a jet? Well, would would, would he drive a nice car? I, he, he's the son of God. I I I don't. What would he do? He wore a garment with no seams on it. He has $26,000 a yes, loan. <laughs> but you you know you Come on somebody. He listen, listen. Listen. The Bible says he encountered they wanted to throw him off a cliff, right? The Bible says he walked right through. So he could teleport himself. You think a plane impresses him? <laughs> you think he's like, oh my God, a plane, oh me, a plane. <laughs> this is like fancy. <laughs> See, it's your thinking that limits you to what you get. And you walk around thinking that you somehow can control what God is capable of doing. Now, once again, if you just about it for yourself, then you, you trust mammon. But if you were blessed to be a blessing... Even to the people you don't like? <laughs> Even to the people that want to persecute you? Or, or do you think everything just should be free? You, you got that, ide- that socialist ideology. I just think it all should be free. You know, they actually, um, by a study determined that if you took all of the world's wealth and redistributed it evenly to every single person, they said within, I think it's like a year, it will be back in the same hands again. Did you know that? Why? Because while other people are out starting businesses, you are buying 100-inch television. Lost him. You see how I lost him? I just lost him. I could tell. I could tell. We have got to get to the point where we understand what did he do? He came to prosper us. Not only did he come to save us, but he came to prosper us. And he came so that we would be set free from our own ideologies. Now, the reality is will everybody be that Of course not. There's all different types of people. But here's the one thing when he looked for a tomb, he didn't go to the tomb of a poor man. He went to Joseph Amathea and used his tomb. He said, let me borrow it just for a few days. Why why would he need to do that? See, if we're going to make a difference, because I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why, Christians are not reigning in political powers because we're too busy trying to be poor and not trying to be effective. What would happen if our buying power could shut down Hollywood? You think they'd make better movies? You think we'd have to fight over seven-year-olds not knowing what gender they are? If, if we all got together and just said, you know what, we're not spending another dime on this nonsense until y'all fix it. But no, we too busy. Kumbaya, my love. Kumbaya. The whole while Satan's like, as long as y'all stay in there, I'm good as <laughs> long as I can keep my foot on your neck I'm good <laughs> y'all can worship whatever you want to as long as mammon controls the moment the believers come together and say you know what nah. we hold some of these chips too you know <laughs> we, we hold some of this power too you know and, and we're we going to wield it correctly. And when we get into positions where we can help each other out and get out of just survival mode. Now we start plotting and strategizing. How are we going to do what God's asked us to do? And God, how do you want us to do this? And we start taking things over and we start moving and buying up the land that's going to become. Now you might not want to deal with me, but you're going to have to deal with me. You're not going to make laws in my state, and not have to talk to me. You're not gonna tell me what I'm gonna do in my city and not have to come deal. I'm done. Listen, one thing I wanna share with you. Uh, There was a, a council in the city in which Dave Chappelle lives. Some of you know who Dave Chappelle is, right? they were voting on uh, some housing developments they were gonna do. Now listen, I'm not a fan at all, but I had a major respect because I didn't know how much he really had. And he went in there to the city council and told them, if you do this, I am pulling all of my businesses and all of my money out of this city fact you know what they voted to do (laughs) nothing does he let them know if you do it can you imagine if we were in a position to walk into city council meetings and say you do this and we're out period We, we've got to get to a better place. And you ain't going to get there with your little sacred cows. It's time to, to flambe them, <laughs> fricassee them, barbecue them, do whatever you got to do. But the reality is God wants to move through his people. And if you don't want it, <laughs> I ain't going to ask you, can I have it? All I'm going to tell you to do is quit talking about me having it. Because if you want it. You can have it too. But keep your mouth off of everybody else who's getting it. Period. Let's pray. Father we just thank you. We're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for the truth of your word. That as we understand. As we discern what you're speaking to us. In this time. In this hour. That we begin to see things. In light of you. We don't promise or we were not promised and we don't try to promise that things will always be perfect that there will not be troubles and tribulations and trials you said that you said it'll come with persecutions but we know that whatever comes our way as long as you stand with us long as you have gone before us we will come out all right we will come out the winner we will be victorious so father we thank you for those that are unto the sound of my voice there's there's a select few here that god has called you into greater places you struggled with understanding why because in the natural it doesn't really make sense you've let other people one talent people try to tell you what you're capable of doing what you should be doing what's good enough what's satisfactory But I'm speaking to you all as five-talent people. Don't listen to one-talent folks anymore. Believe God. Trust God. Hope thou in God. The work, the things that he's called you to do, the kingdom he's called called you to fund, you have no idea. It's beyond you. There's an assignment waged. The spirit of mammon wants to direct your decisions, wants to tell you what you can have, how you can have it, when you can have it. But I'm believing that today that bondage is broken. I'm believing today that that's, that voice is silenced, that you will begin to dare to believe and dare to trust God and watch what he's able to do. These things we pray in Jesus' name. All believers in the house said, amen. amen. I'm going to turn it over to Joe.